Welcome back to season three. And I must say, we have some goodies in store for you. For those of you who are interested in the Olympics or simply appreciate the level of performance required to compete on a global stage, we had the opportunity to have a former Olympian as a guest on our show. So we kick off our season sharing what careers Rachel and I are involved in. You don't want to miss out our special guest speakers this season. Every child was designed to fill a predetermined role in our society as a worker, a warrior, a leader, and so on. What if a child dreamed of becoming something other than what society had intended for him or her? What if a child aspired to something greater? So I was watching the Superman movie. I don't know which Superman movie it was. Man of Steel. Yes. Oh, yes. Exactly. That is my movie. Oh, man. Well, I caught it on TV the other night. And that particular section right there, it was one of those I had to pause the TV, rewind it, and play it a couple of times. Of course you had to. It's Gerard Butler. It is. Who's Superman's dad. It is. But what he said was so profound to what we do in today. Because when you think about it, when school started, period, yeah. like it's it, in the U.S., it was to train laborers, workers, warriors, or, or our military. You're right. It, it was for a specific purpose. It, and it didn't lend a hand at all for anybody to say, hey, what do I really want to be? Or I want to explore this or I want to well, people were out. just trying to survive. Yeah. People were just trying to let's just eat. Let's go find our food. Let's take care of the house. Let's try to just do our day to day stuff back then. You weren't trying to really just become the president of the United States. Exactly. So for me, what I liked about the clip was how powerful it is, because it's like, what I think about is if we were to get any child and say, if you can be whatever you want to be, whatever you want to be, money's not an issue, resources not a problem, your size doesn't matter, what do you want to be? You get all kinds of crazy answers from Mm -hmm. these kids. So now, flash forward, ask an adult that same question. Money's not an obstacle for you. What is it that you want to do with your life? You'll be surprised that a lot of people can't even answer that. If yeah. There's a moment of, well, what do you mean? The question's clear. Yeah. What do you want to do if you had unlimited resources to do it? Or but. And that's what that clip reminds me of, because it's kind of like you have a role to play in society. And here we are trying to inspire people from a very young age to be open-minded about what they want their future to look like. And I think for some reason we lose that along the way somewhere. I don't know where we lose it. I think so too. And I think it's like a mix because I can remember as a kid it being, yeah, if you believe it, you can achieve it. You know, dance like no one's watching. All of these different (laughs) sayings to get you all motivated. But then in the same token, as I'm telling you that, I'm then following up and telling you what the the list of things that you can be. So it's like, yeah, you can be whatever you want, but is it a doctor? Is it a lawyer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I and it has to be something on this list. I'm not giving you the free reign to think outside the box yeah. or like one of the people that we talked to in one of the episodes that we'll have later this season when she mentioned wanting to go one way career wise, but then her parent having uh, knowledge mm-hmm. about 
other careers and being like, well, you can do that. But if you did this, then you'd be able to do much more, be able to do what you want to do and then some. But it's like helping people to have that knowledge to be able to do that. And I think what what we found with this season is we wanted to explore different people and like different walks of life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, again, non-traditional track. People are entrepreneurs and they're trying things that you didn't really think that someone would be doing like, mm-hmm. or there's a position for that. And that's pretty cool. And I really like some of the speakers that we had um, this season and I'm excited and I can't wait for our listeners to, to get a glimpse into what some of these people had to share with us. And I mean, they're really passionate about what it is that they do and how they're giving back. So we've got an exciting lineup for the season. We do. But you know, one thing that I realized So this season, we're going like straight entrepreneurs. I feel like the last two seasons, it was people, it was a mix, a mix of people that were just straight professionals and this is what you do, or I'm a professional this by day, but then by night I have this other business or these other businesses going, but this is, hey, I'm a straight entrepreneur. I might have other streams of it, but this is how I got to where I am, right? But do you realize we never said what we do? I feel like we've mentioned it on other episodes, but we've never gotten into like our actual nine to fives and what we do. You know what? You're right. So I think, you know what? (laughs) To be fair to our listeners. So our episode one, we are going to share with you guys what it is that I do. Yes. (laughs) During the day, (laughs) which sometimes leads into the night. And Rachel's going to share about what she does. And hopefully you guys, you know, get some insight into that because that may be an area that you may have been thinking about kind of exploring Mm -hmm. and want to try out. And if it's an area that you want us to do more exploring in and dig deep, we can definitely do that. And we can showcase some some different um, options and careers. At PGD, you're not just a listener, you're family. Is there a career you'd like us to explore or a success story you love to share and have us highlight on one of our episodes? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at pgdfam at gmail.com. Subscribe to our show so you can get notified when new episodes drop. Help increase our reach with a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd love to hear from you. What I do is I'm a senior business analyst and I work in a tech space. So every industry that you can think of from hair care to construction to healthcare to education all has technology. So when somebody says they work in technology, it's very broad. Like, what do you do in technology? That's true. So I work in the construction space. So what that means is, is that the company that I work for has a project management software that basically allows companies that are in the process of building something, whatever that company is, to track the project, to track the start date of construction, the end date of construction, how much money they have allotted for the project, where is the money going, and who are all the people that we are giving money to, to get to the end result and get this done. Until I was exposed to that, I had no idea that we 
someone did that. I hadn't either. Until I was exposed to it. Then I was like, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, like when you hear it, then you're it's like, like, of course you're not attractive. And then, of course, when you go more into the details about what she does specifically, then it's like, oh, yeah. And those are the projects that I find that are successful, right? When you have an analyst like Rachel with her skill level and experience to to help run these sorts of projects and kind of help put them together. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, exactly. But I'd say before doing this, I did not, I'm like you, I did not know that this existed. Yeah, I did. So as an analyst, basically my company will get a contract of a client that has different construction projects going on. They could be a transportation client. They could be some other sort of government client. They could even be a school system. Because again, construction happens everywhere. Every industry deals with construction, whether you realize it or not. Yeah, and then there's commercial construction Mm -hmm. and then there's just regular, you know. Exactly. There's commercial construction, meaning that office buildings are going up. There's real estate construction, meaning that houses or places where people are going to live, apartments, things like that are going up. There's also transportation-related yep. construction. We call that horizontal, mm-hmm. where um, roadways are being repaired, potholes are being fixed, things of that nature. So my company deals with technology that is able to track all of those different kinds of construction projects that could be going on. So many of my clients are state government clients that are transportation clients. It's just the way it worked out. And so that's kind of like my specialty of what I go into. And essentially I come in and I learn how they do business. I learn how do they manage construction projects today? How are those projects funded? How do you track the cost? How do you get from the start date of construction, meaning the first hole is being dug to the end of this construction project where everything is done, everybody is paid. And everyone moves on to the next project. So as I'm understanding that, it helps me to be able to customize the software system based on the needs of the client. So as I'm doing that, I'm also along the way training people how to then use this software and providing support because issues, as what happens with all software, issues happen and they usually need to call someone to come in to help support that. So me being a senior business analyst in the construction space, that's what I do. So a lot of times when people talk about technology, you hear about the computer programmers, you hear about the developers, you hear about the coders, and all of that is great. Don't get me wrong. I do have knowledge of coding. I do have knowledge of writing scripts. However, I'm not a computer programmer. Um, I'm not a developer. I don't work with the background Uh, what we call architecture of the system and maintain it. I deal with what we call the end user experience, meaning the person that's going to use the software and they need to be trained on it to understand how to use it. And I do deal with making modifications to the software based on what the client or the company needs, but that's as deep as I get. All right. I got to put you on a hot seat. All right. How did you get here? You weren't always doing this. I wasn't. I have worn many hats. I feel like I was in that Tom Hanks movie, Catch Me If You Can. So (laughs) actually, I ended up here just by happenstance. I was running a rehab, a physical rehab department. 
in a hospital facility. Okay. Uh, working with that's physical different. therapists and because that was the track that I was on when I was in school. That's what I actually went to school for. So I'm working with physical therapists and, and speech therapists, all these therapists running a rehab center. And we were on paper and the whole facility was changing to electronics. Okay. So they were going to now be completely online, get rid of all the paper. Trying to go green, be exactly. digital, all of that stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So, which COVID last year showed a lot of organizations and businesses like if that mm-hmm. if you weren't doing that before, then you were dead in the water. Oh, one hundred percent. So they actually vetted a software that they were going to use, um, and the software company came in, and we had so many staff. It, it there just wasn't enough time for the software company to train everybody. So they pulled certain managers. I was one of them. They trained us on the software. We helped them to customize the software the way that we needed it to be. And then I ended up from there training like the rest of the staff in the facility. I became an administrator of the software. So if there were issues with the software, I had like certain user right permissions to be able to make adjustments to the system and fix it. I was always talking to support and calling in to have them help resolve issues and things like that. And every time I would call in and support, I always reached this one woman named Deborah. <laughs> so Deborah and I, by the end of it, we we were on first name basis. We would share stories with each other because this is a lot of time on the phone with another individual. And Deborah had mentioned that her company was hiring and looking for people. And had I ever thought about being an analyst and basically doing what I did for my company, but just doing it for other companies on a regular basis. And at the time I was like, no, I haven't really thought about it. Wasn't even thinking about technology, anything, because I was working in healthcare and I was happy with healthcare. So I didn't think anything of it. Then the woman that worked in a finance office for the medical facility that I worked for she had pulled me aside a couple of times and said the same thing, said, you know, had you ever thought about it? I think you would be really good at this. You have, you're a quick learner. It seems like you have an aptitude for software. And I was like, wow. yeah, I guess I'll think about it. Well, I got to the point where I wanted to relocate and move from Virginia to Florida. And ironically enough, the company that came and we did the whole software implementation and everything was based out of Florida. Wow. So I called Deborah and I told her, hey, you know, I'm interested in in relocating to Florida. I see you guys are based in Florida. So she was a reference for me. The woman who worked in finance at my healthcare facility was also a reference for me. Wow. And I ended up getting hired pretty quick. I think I put in the application on a Monday and by that following Thursday, they had offered me the job. So. And what I'm hearing is also the importance of relationship building. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, had you not had those contacts and they saw something in you, like that really helped kind of just move you along and progress you and also give you the confidence to say, well, let me go ahead and do this and mm-hmm. try it out and then see what's going to go on. You know? In between shows, keep the conversations alive with the youth in your households with our series, The Adventures of Sophia and Olivia, available on Amazon and PGD. Innovations.com. The link is in our show notes. Don't forget to check out our merchandise and we have some limited time only gear that is only available during season three. 
You don't want to miss out. Exactly. And up to that point, I had just assumed that in working in technology, if you weren't like a coder or a developer or somebody yeah. with the, this high level skill, it wasn't even an option for me. And here I am. I now yeah. have a job and don't even have a computer software systems, right. nothing type degree whatsoever. But what I did have, because the software company was a healthcare software I did have a healthcare related degree because I had a lot of um, science um, credits and degrees and things like that because I had multiple degrees by that point. I did have knowledge of healthcare because I was working in a healthcare facility. So I was used to working with doctors, nurses. I knew how to read a chart. I knew um, all of the medical transcription codes and documentation and all of that because I was already working in that environment. So for them, they were like, "Okay, we know that you can learn the software because you're already working with it. So at this point in their mind, the only thing that I needed to learn beyond that was just what a business analyst did and what an implementation was. And how how you could drive the project Mm -hmm. to conclusion. Yeah. So I moved to Florida. I learned all about it. I ended up working with a project manager. That would help manage all of the different clients that were assigned to me and all of the different uh, software implementations that I would have to do as an analyst. And then they taught me project management. A whole nother skill. Exactly. (laughs) So then like another year or two after that, I went and got certified to be a project manager. And then I got like a couple of other certifications and things like that along the way, which just helped to to solidify me working in tech. But um, still, no. Not a developer, not a coder, but living just as well as any one of them would be living. Yeah, and it's, a comfortable, it's a comfortable career to be in. And now mm-hmm. looking at Rachel coming out of high school, did Rachel have it all together? Nope. So you I'm, didn't have your college application, the one school that you were dying to go to since the time you were five, six or seven years old. Like, this is the college I'm going to go to and I'm going to get accepted and that wasn't Rachel. I wasn't even going to college in my mind. I was going to go to Canada. I was going to go backpacking in Canada. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But that some I for some you. reason, I had to get to Canada. I don't know why, <laughs> but that's what was going to happen. I had no idea. Even in college, I majored in sport and wellness management. And I was going on the track of learning about physical therapy and things like that because I played a sport in high school. That sport got me to college. And I was doing that sport in college. So I just figured, all right, my career was probably going to be something sport related. Mm -hmm. If I wasn't going to be a coach in a sport, then I was going to be an athletic trainer or a physical therapist or something like that. Had the aptitude for it, but it's not like I had a passion for it or anything. I just didn't know what else to do other than join the military. But I didn't have a passion for that. So I didn't necessarily want to do that because I also know the ramifications. Like military isn't one of those jobs that you just go to and yeah. get on light and then you be like, mm, I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> Don't work out. It, it, that's not how it works. You are contractually <laughs> obligated. Yes. You become property of the United States of America. So I know that's right. <laughs> I didn't want to just rush into a decision like that coming from a military family and knowing what that means. I wanted something that I did to be something that I really wanted to do. 
and had an aptitude for, but I couldn't figure it out. So I just worked other jobs until I could put the pieces together. Yeah. I was a special ed teacher. I worked in a couple of behavioral health facilities. I worked at some group homes. I, I worked at Babies RS once and I just quit that job. I got so sick of that job. I just stopped going to work. Why? I, I was a no call, no show. I didn't even go pick up my last paycheck. That paycheck is still probably floating around out there somewhere. Unclaimed money. Sadly, there's too many of us that have been there and done that where you're just like, I'm not even going to go back. You know, <laughs> I was a waitress. I was a, a track and field official. Oh my God. I love it. I love it. You've been all over the place. Yeah, I have. I, but I think it's, it's, it's those different skills that you've picked up at each one of those jobs that just makes you a better person for who you are today, right? And all of those skills translate into what we do at PGD. So it's like, granted, you're a business analyst, but still you learn something from each one of those jobs as, as disconnected as they all are. You picked up something exactly. from each one of them. Exactly. And it can always be for industries that you never thought of. Oh, if, you, so true. if you are interested in technology, Wayfair has technology. Yep. Google of course, as right. we all know, have technology. But Burger King has technology. Yep. Walmart has technology. There's GE, someone in technology. there that needs to do exactly what your role is for. Exactly. Everywhere has a corporate office. Yeah. So a lot of times when I mention these places, people think, okay, well, I'm working directly at the store level. And there's nothing wrong with that. But what I'm pointing out, though, is that you have everything from the store level all the way up to the corporate level. Exactly. There's options. Exactly. You could go work for Kellogg. Kellogg mm-hmm. actually is a company. So Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola isn't just the factory. Coca-Cola is the company itself. And you'd be surprised because when you're young, right, coming out of high school, even when you're in college, unless you have a mentor or someone who's kind of showing you, you don't know these things exist. Or even if you are further along in your career and you've just been doing the same thing all the time, you're not even thinking about, well, is that even an option for me? Mm-hmm. Right? And so I think we bring on different um, guests on our show that kind of just explores that. Like, wow, there's someone who does that and that does exist. Mm-hmm. And so like we were saying, I just I didn't know there was a role or a function for what you were doing. But until I see it in action and I knew it's like it's so obvious mm-hmm. that we need people to do that. Exactly. Execute flawlessly, you know. Exactly. And then when you think about it, being an analyst, because you can be an analyst for any type of software. I worked in healthcare software. I'm in construction software now. I've worked for dermatology software because believe it or not, dermatology offices have their own software to track patient care um, and patient health, rehab facilities that physical therapists work with patients who have had surgery or are learning to walk again and coming back from different types of illnesses and things of that nature. They have a software that they use. And I worked with that software as well. And being an analyst, you can travel. So I have more frequent flyer miles than I can care to mention right now (laughs) and hotel points. But at that point in time in my life, that was great because I wanted to travel and I wanted to really see the United States. And I didn't necessarily have the capital, but I was working for companies that paid right. for me to travel and I got frequent fire miles. For and it. to me, that's a perk. Mm-hmm. That's so a benefit of that. If you, if you like 
puzzles because I like puzzles. I like mysteries and solving things. I'm the person that can put any piece of Ikea furniture together, just looking at pictures. And sometimes I can figure it out without looking at the picture. I like coding. If you have an aptitude for for video games and playing video games, because that does take a certain level of hand dexterity. It does take a level of problem solving skills, the ability to do puzzles. You might like working in the tech industry. And in working in the tech industry, you can be a developer. You can be a a programmer if you like working with code and figuring out how to automate things and and make things move. But you also don't have to be. If if coding is a skill that's too advanced for you, you could be a project manager where all you're doing is you're managing the clients, your people person, you're managing schedules, you're making sure that the people that are supposed to deliver work for these clients are doing everything that they're supposed to do and in a timely manner and that everything starts on time and ends on time and that the client is happy and everything that they need to get done gets done. And this is a critical role because time is money. Mm -hmm. People are very concerned about their bottom line and making sure there's no waste. So it's not to minimize this position. This is a very critical position for a lot of organizations that they they have. Exactly. projects. Exactly. You could be an analyst like me and you can come in and actually work with the clients and help them to stand things up in their organization. Um, It does take detail, being detail oriented. Mm -hmm. It does take being able to look at the bigger picture because you know the software. You are the expert. So sometimes the client will ask for things that will harm them from a business perspective and help them. So you have to be knowledgeable enough to know, hey, I can do that for you. But if I do, this is the consequence. This is what's going to happen. This is the pain point that you're going to create. So it is being able to look at the bigger picture and understand how to give them what they want, but at the same time, give them what they need that's going to help them be sustainable long term. Oh, that's the value you bring to the table. Mm hmm. That yeah. right there. So now after hearing Rachel share with you guys what it is that she does, if you come over to my side of the street, I am as vanilla as they come. <laughs> I mean, it's there is no hoopla, no fireworks, there is nothing to my story. And I think that's why we work so well together because we bring this balance because Rachel kind of represents what a majority of a lot of people are, which is they weren't too sure about what they wanted to do when they you know, were done with high school. This episode, Rachel shared with you what it means to be a business analyst. She did not always know what she wanted to do, and it's completely okay. What you learn along the journey and the skills you pick up is just as important as where you land in your career. Tune in next week where I share with you what keeps me busy during the day besides PGD Innovations.